0: My parents just, I was 10 years old. I'd hop on the back of a horse and ride through the woods and be gone all day. Wow. Hmm. That doesn't happen anymore, you know. You, I think you need to wear a helmet and a vest <laughs> and you need to sign a waiver. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. It's Lynn. And it's Jodi. And we are again on the road today with We Do This For Fun with two very interesting, capable, and astounding women. Um, Organic produce and fresh cut flowers are charming and beautiful, but where do they come from? Who prepares the soil, plants the seeds, cares for, and harvests the plants? Additionally, who does this while being stewards of the land and, and the environment and enjoying almost every moment? We Do This For Fun, as I mentioned, is here in Long Lake, Minnesota. And we're
2: outside and you can actually hear a bee yeah. buzzing oh, around the microphone. Can you hear the Yes, it's oh. really cool, I love it, <laughs> okay.
1: Um, we are visiting Two Pony Gardens. We'd like to introduce um, you to two of the Two Pony people, Two Pony matriarch, founder and master gardener, Lisa Ringer, and director of events and education, and farmer herself. Catherine Price. These two live on principles of sustainability, of nourishment, of wonder, and of living simply with their hearts, eyes, and ears open to the vibrant world around them. Oh, and they love horses. Lisa,
2: <laughs>
1: Catherine, welcome to We Do This for Fun. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. It's Great so intro. nice. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> she, Jody is such a beautiful writer mm. and I'm going to continue with some more things she wrote because I love it so much. She's so organized. So, okay. So this, this is a beautiful place. We are out just about 20 minutes outside of um, Minneapolis, St. Paul area in what is, is this technically Medina, Medina. Okay. okay. Beautiful. We're in a, it's a beautiful fall evening. Um, it should not be this lovely on a fall evening, um, but here we are. Um, so yeah, it's two poems. Gardens uh, it's a place that you can see on Instagram and that you definitely want to visit it's it's picturesque um, so Lisa and Catherine with all of with all beautiful things it must be a lot of work so just so our <laughs> listeners understand though you not only run a farm for work but it's also fun okay so that's the point of this podcast do this for fun <laughs> but like this is a lot of work so what is fun for you both about all that you do out here
0: well, it's a passion of mine. I mean, we love it. We love um, we love to farm. We love to be outside, and I think we're we're driven by that. And um, <clears throat> all the work is just um, is just part of it. So, yeah,
3: I can't imagine working somewhere where I wouldn't be able to go work outside for a few hours after having to slog through hours of emails i need the option to be outside as a motivator to do all of the hours of computer work that i also do as part of my job here
2: so it just is invigorating yeah i mean we when we when we we, were driving out here it's beautiful the fall colors are beautiful we're surrounded by beautiful gardens and um is it and just the fresh air it's just very invigorating to be out in a place where there's air to breathe and it's quiet yeah
0: it's really quiet right now
3: yeah
1: <clears throat> and when we were driving in, too, both Lynn and I were like wait look at that wait no look at that look at that I mean <laughs> this is expansive what you've what you're doing here um, can you tell us a little
0: bit about what you do here sure um, it um, it all started with I, I used to be a landscape gardener about um, you know for about 30 years and I um I had this piece of land my um, I bought it with my ex husband and we um, I really wanted to do something on the land. I've always wanted to be a farmer I've always been interested in farming, you know, when I drive through farm country, I just am in just in heaven, and I don't know what it was I don't know what it is and um so uh with after um, being a landscape gardener and working in very precise, you know, beautiful flower gardens, I was trying to think of a, a crop, what I what I could do to make some money, and um, we settled on dahlias. And then I had to grow something functional, so I start. Um, I tried heirloom tomatoes, which were very in vogue. This was twenty over twenty years ago. Hmm and that was the beginning and every year since then we're just trying to get better at it you know kind of honing our skills and still learning you know and and we're expanding we we are expanding in a lot of ways um but um it's yeah it's just kind of an ongoing it's an ongoing challenge and
2: um yeah, and you so. and you use the you use the farm, you use the garden for so you sell produce at, oh. uh, and you sell <coughs> and flowers and, and it's also an event space. Is that right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I've learned about diversification hmm. um, because it, it you know, in order to, um, you know, make ends meet, I think I have so much respect for um, vegetable growers and it's hard work. And farmers in general. And, you know, you never know if the bugs are going to get one crop or if um, you'll have an early frost or this. And so we have diversified. So we have a lot of different little income streams, which is really helpful. And right now our big income stream is the dahlias. It was the tomatoes all summer. We have a little um, stand at the end of our driveway. and. <clears throat> Catherine was in charge of growing the tomatoes this year and just did such a good job. They're big and juicy, and we still have oodles of them. But it's starting to slow down. It's mid-October, and now the dahlias are in full bloom, and um, people are snapping them up, and Hmm. it's it's really great. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we keep busy, yeah.
2: And how did you two meet? How, what's the story here? How did you two end up working together as colleagues?
3: So we met probably nine years ago when I started working for Lisa's daughter, Anna, at the Foundry Home Goods. And I was her like first sales associate when she opened. And about six years ago, Lisa asked me to come out for a day to help with a website issue or some portion of the pizza events that she was doing with a different pizza crew, and since then I haven't really left. I just like <laughs> just was like, around. what next? What next? What else can I do? What else can I learn? What else can I take on? And now, yeah, six years later, I... She's running the place.
2: Because <laughs> yeah. you're really bringing in, so you have pizza events, like you have a wood fire pizza thing out here, You and you were talking earlier, you have school, like school groups come as part of a program...
3: Yeah, so we have the agro tourism piece, which is our pizza farm uh, events that happen a handful of times a year. And then we also have a relationship with a Southside Family School and the middle schoolers come out a few times a year and do seasonal type projects with us and learn about the farm. And then we also have a farm camp program. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like to have kids out here. It really breaks up. What can be mm, monotonous is not the right word, but what can be just like grueling? There Mm -hmm. are parts of the season that are really not Instagrammable. (laughs) That's funny because on your Instagram, it does look like this
1: place is just a
3: slice of heaven Mm -hmm. all the time. That's the illusion of Instagram. (laughs) I'm going to try to get grittier with it. (laughs)
1: What about the goal of having children out here? So while it might break up sort of the day-to-day for both of you, but what is the importance of having kids on the farm? And, I mean, why should they? Why should parents be even interested in getting their kids out here and digging in the dirt or planting things or whatever else they might do out here?
0: Oh, (laughs) I think having kids out here is key. I mean, it is... I, I... it's so important, and you know, I, I was never a very good babysitter, I never had patience for <laughs> little kids, but I, I, I as a, ki- as a um, young girl, was allowed to just roam free. Hmm. And I value that experience so much and, and want to, um, and just realize how important it is for, um, for children to be in nature. And yeah. unsupervised, yes, you know, yes. not on a soccer field or, um, and so, so, that's what the camp is about. A lot. I mean, it's farm camp, and they they do work, and it's it's
2: somewhat focused <laughs> but what a cool concept Somewhat. i've never heard i mean i've got two kids i've never heard of a farm camp before and i mean that's not saying a lot because i'm not i have because i i'm I mean, food i love food and i'm
1: in like the whole eco kind of food stuff but like yeah, yeah i'm kind of it's oblivious not,
2: to what's going on it's around not me, conventional
1: but, i mm-hmm. mean and that's sad that it yeah. isn't a conventional yeah, yeah. that parents don't understand that it's an option yeah Right, you have to actually seek it out, right? Or you have to have someone like me who's like, "Hey, do you does your kid want to do farm camp with my my kid?" And you know, but that's how it happens a lot in circles of especially as people who are like living in town, right?
3: But there's an epidemic of nature deprived kids who like can't walk through wet grass Mm -hmm. with bare feet because it's like a tactile nightmare for them, (sighs) and so creating these experiences is super important. It's so
2: important. Yeah. I, I, a friend of mine, actually Leah, um, DeSalt, who she was a guest on our podcast last season, and she's an art teacher and she talks a lot about how she's been an art teacher for 20 years. And in the recent years, she'll put a blank piece of paper in front of, you know, students and say, Hey, just draw something. And they're paralyzed because they just don't, You know, and I think and that has a lot to do, I think, with being on screens, being inside, not being outside in nature, not observing what's around you. Um, It's really sad.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, Do you have Wi-Fi out here for the kids or Or
3: do
0: they have to dump their phones somewhere if they bring one?
3: They do not have devices when they are out here. No.
0: One of my favorite things about farm camp is, um, you know, the parents could drop the kids off right here in the driveway. But we are surrounded by 220 acres of um, scientific natural area of mm. public land, which is big woods, maple, basswood, and there is a trail access. And the kids get dropped off at the trail access, and there's a direct path, but they have to walk 20 minutes to get here. That's awesome. With <clears throat> their nap set, well. Yeah, with knapsacks, with the bugs, and and they have to go. Sometimes we green. drive the backpacks <laughs> yeah. when we're yeah. feeling generous. Yeah. And in you know the first couple of days, they, it's just like really harrowing for them, and they're tired, and the bugs, and then they get strong. We, they get stronger mm-hmm. and stronger, and by the end of the week, they have really kind of bonded with the experience, and they've you know, because it's been twice a day, in the morning and at night, and, and they, they um, it becomes familiar to them. And that is just, has been so um, rewarding for me to see how, you know, how to get the kids out. And yeah. Isn't that, that interesting great. though, in one week to be able to see a transformation. Yes. And I
1: think we've had that conversation, Lynn and I, about just camping like mm-hmm. taking your kids out for a weekend without access to devices or going up to the boundary waters and just there's no like there's no even opportunity to get well we're finding that there might be oh, some opportunities to, to <laughs> get online to but um we're, the kids don't know that um mm-hmm. so but like that it, it can change just in a couple days like <sighs> they don't have to continue living this way we can make changes in our families and in our homes we can make a decision today that will impact them in just a few days that will impact like their entire life
3: and even during our pizza farm events kids aren't on their devices like parents have said to us like this is the one family event that we can go to and plan and we Mm -hmm. know that we're not going to have to wrestle the device away from our kids they're just not going to think about it for a few hours and it's one in a million right now it feels like in experiences that you can easily access or somewhat easily
2: yeah so you do so much on this farm. You ha- I can We can hear chickens in the background, which is awesome. We've had a cat just jump off up, up on the <laughs> table, which is awesome. It's, be- it's just like thrive. It's just teeming with life and beauty. And you also have horses, beautiful horses, and that's a really big part of your story and one of the reasons we were drawn to talking to you. Um, so before we dive into the weeds, we we'll just love, so how long have you had horses, and, and can you tell us about um, your your horse family here.
0: Horse story. Yeah,
1: yeah you're well, two pony.
2: <laughs> I was a horse
0: crazy kid. And, um, you know, once I started riding lessons, I just couldn't stop. I loved it. And um, I've had, I've been lucky enough to have a horse all my life. And um, when I was little, we had some horses up at our cabin in northern Minnesota, and My parents just, I was 10 years old, I'd hop on the back of a horse and ride through the woods and be gone all day. Wow. Hmm. That doesn't happen anymore, you know? I think you need to wear a helmet and a vest (laughs) and you need to sign a waiver. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. But um, I found that for me personally, horses, they somehow completed something in me. Hmm. You know, I found, a great piece and I developed a lot of confidence through taking care of horses and um, and I think there's something to it I think there's something to these big animals that you you need to respect and you need to watch and you need to be compassionate with and um, and sensitive to you know they have big feet and they have (laughs) sharp teeth and you know they can knock you over with their head. And so, you know, you learn how to respect, you know, the creatures around you. And um, so the horses have been really valuable in that way. And right now we have a particularly wonderful pony, Aku, who's very old. How old? He's 32. Wow. And he's a Norwegian old fjord. Like Catherine.
3: Horse. <laughs> he's only very, very Catherine similar ages. ages.
0: Yes. Yes. Same age as Catherine. <laughs> so old.
2: Oh <laughs> <Ugh>. grandpa.
0: <laughs> and you know, his teeth don't work anymore, so I have to feed him special food and mm. and um, it turns out I never put him in the paddock with the other horses. He's always loose. He's like a big dog. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably wander up here soon. And um, it's there's something really wonderful about for the kids. We don't even put him away for pizza events. Hmm. And the, he's he's just very quiet. And the kids, you know, I keep an eye on him and stuff because sometimes some kids don't have a clue and they don't understand and they need help to understand that these are such you know big powerful animals. And But he's been a wonderful addition, and, I, and I'm grateful for every year he's alive, hmm. you know, because he's, he's kind of at the end of his life, and he's been a great he's asset. He's good
3: for teaching how to be around horses 101 for mm-hmm. our yeah. city dwellers that visit the farm. Right. Is that because he's just chill? Yeah. Or? Okay. So normal rules, you'll learn them, but they won't have to fully apply because he's not going to freak out about much. What would be the anything. what would be the rules to be Don't around? stand directly behind a horse oh, okay. ever. <laughs> they no, can't, the they can't kick okay. out to the side of them, but they can kick directly Eesh. behind them. Oh, yeah. So oh. and approach them from the side.
0: And don't run right up to them with your hands waving, which is what a lot of children mm-hmm. do that don't understand. You know, they're they're like deer. They'll just kind of startle. And when they startle, if you're in the way, Ugh. you know, you, you could easily get stepped yeah. on.
3: So they are all those things you said, huge animals that you have to respect, but they're also prey animals and they spook pretty easily mm. and they have a lot of anxieties. And I think that's why equine therapy is so... Mm-hmm it works so well huh. because you have the dichotomy of this ginormous S- animal so but there's
2: equine therapy is that a, that's a yeah. thing oh yeah
3: that's like a pretty well researched yeah. and really? documented oh, yeah. I've not at heard this of point. this before yeah.
2: Interesting. So, okay, tell me more. I'm interested. What, like, wh- wh- how do you? <laughs> I'm not sign qualified up for this? to say
3: that much about it.
2: <laughs> but just, is it kind of like it's forest bathing? Sort of this, you know, this the same just being in nature and being around horses. It's proven to yeah. Really I think it is like an
3: actual. You can get certified in it at this point. But wow. yeah, just like huh, the act. There are ho- there are horse farms where you can just pay to like sit in a stall with a horse because just the act of being in the yeah. same space with them teaches you about yourself and helps you they're like really reflective of your energies. Hmm. Well, it's so interesting you have to calm yourself. actually I mean it's different than a cow. A horse <laughs> is
1: different from a
0: cow. <laughs> yes, And horses are, and because cows are big too but horses will mirror your emotional state huh and what? they reflect it back to you. And it's they use it a lot in, um, with, with all kinds of of people who are challenged in different ways, and so that they can learn about themselves and their bodies. You know, if people can't walk, they have ways to get people on horses so they can feel the movement. I mean, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing huh. that is, is pretty well established all wow. over the country now equine assisted therapy huh
2: and so now and your horses are i mean you have some Like your horses are kind of famous in the especially in the minnesota community <laughs> yeah. uh, can you talk this is of, the hollywood of horses this, <laughs> it is the hollywood of horses so and so uh, jody maybe i you so the, the jody has all of the details I'm, i don't
1: have all okay. of the details i have just heard of this event called ice ball yeah and that these Hollywood horses (laughs) (laughs) and you Oscar winning um, woman take center stage for a bit of this event
0: right right Um, up in Ely there's a man Will Steger who I'm if you listen to this podcast I think you'll learn more about he um, crossed Antarctica unaided well with dogs and um, he's a polar explorer, amazing inspiring man and he has a place up in Ely that is off the grid and for the cooling, they have an ice house, which is a big kind of cave dug into a into a hill uh, and um, insulated and so on the coldest month of the, uh, the coldest week of the year which is usually used to be the first week in um, February but that's always a Super Bowl and so we um, moved it to the yeah. second week <laughs> <laughs> and so we take um, I take four of my horses up there, we wake up at three in the morning I have a mentor, Mike who um, has been instrumental in helping me do all these wild things, and uh, we wake up at three in the morning. Harness the horses, put them in the trailer, and it's often twenty below, and drive up to Ely, and then we get there around noon, and they're ready for us because they've cut the ice to for us to haul up the hill in a lake.
2: So in a lake, in yeah, in they cut lake. the ice okay. in
0: a lake, and we haul it from the lake up to the ice house, which is up a big hill. And they pack it in sawdust. We make probably 15 trips. with, And we use four horses. And um, there's enough ice to go through the spring, summer, and fall. Wow. What? To keep the ice house cool at 45, 50 degrees. Really? um, Through the following... um, Cooling you know, when it starts getting cold and they don't need it anymore. Huh? And we've been doing that every year for um, since 2007.
2: Wow. And is it, do you use the horses because it's off the grid and this is a yes. way to power? Yes. Okay. So well, when the...
0: I actually found out that he was hauling this ice up with snow machines and bobcats mm. and I thought that that, he, that can't happen because... Mm. You know, I'm always looking for jobs for my horses. Sure, and yeah. that is, it is. you know, people, that's what everyone used to do. Yeah. They used um, horses to haul ice, you know, to the ice house. And so, um, and my horses weren't quite ready for it in the very beginning. And so I um, found a couple of loggers up there who were willing to teach me. And so I just tagged along with them and kind of learned what it took. And then Mike and I, um, probably six years after the loggers were, were ready to um, pass on the lines, uh, we took it over, and um, it's I do it every year and probably until we can't. Even walk, I don't know. <laughs> Can't imagine. <laughs>
2: That's when Catherine will take it over.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you been up there? Have you? I have been to Icefall. Yes, it is a very rugged. You're on your own. Weekend of. How do you be helpful? How do you stay out of the way? <laughs> Watching this amazing thing happen. And so is it like an event where
2: people can come and watch or is it? It used to be a big
0: event and it used to be an ice ball and people Mm -hmm. would come. There'd be people and dogs and, you know, the more people that would come, the more work would get done. But then it's gotten honed down because it just um, it, it just was it was kind of wild sure hmm. and um <laughs> <laughs> as things often get yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. when you're hauling ice yes. out of a lake right. with horses and there, horses, there, and there animals are.
3: and <laughs> yeah jumping in the ice holes after the sauna and and the chainsaws you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And> the chainsaws <laughs> yeah
0: and so liability um because of liability and just for um just the whole point is to get ice in the ice house sure and and so it's it's kind of gotten um, um, streamlined a bit which is great which is great for us (laughs) because you know when you're coming up the hill with a load of ice and there's someone on their cell phone staring at their screen walking Mm. down Uh. you know right in front of us it's it's quite um, nerve-wracking yeah so it sounds like you're always
1: looking for opportunities
0: yes is yeah. there
1: anything on the horizon
0: that you're looking at for the future? Uh, well the ice harvesting is that takes up a that is a good one. And then there's some logging. We're starting to log. We're starting mm, really? to do some logging. And we actually went up on the hottest weekend in July Ugh. to log up at Wills. But it's really it's it's really grisly and harrowing up there. There's lots of rocks, and it's it's a little dangerous for the horses. Hmm. So, but I think you know I think we'd like to keep doing that, and then um, so the logging is fun, and just for me, I'm just learning how to farm with my horses, and plowing, and disking and harrowing, and and things, and. Uh, I want to keep learning how to do that.
2: What is it about using horses to farm and to log? I'm just curious to know your, is it fulfilling? Is it a challenge or you just want to get into touch, get into touch with maybe how people did things in the past? What, what, what? I just love the function. You know, I love
0: that we can actually do work. I love to work, and and I <laughs> and work I for would, fun. I would, I would fun, love yes. it. I would love it if my horses and my horses love to work too. Sure. Yeah. And um, so it is kind of a dream come true for me hmm. to spend time working with my horses and actually doing what I love. Yeah, that's
2: interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah. I
0: love that. So
1: I want to just backtrack for one second because the story seems to be with both of you that you don't have formal training necessarily. Like you didn't go to school. You didn't go to like ag school or horse school or whatever. Because a lot ice, of times- Ice cutting Ice cutting school, school <laughs> ecology school, gardening school, et cetera. So, because I feel like there's many people, in particular women, who think that once I do this, like once I get this degree, once I learn about this, once I then I can do this. How have you both just, I mean, just gone and done these things? I mean, because both of you have just come from a place and then just moved to another place and then moved to another place and continue to try all of these new things.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I guess at the risk of sounding risky, I'm like a if it feels good, do it kind of person Uh and... I'm glad that I have taken the chances with my, I don't know, in quotations, career, because, yeah, I have a degree in advertising and marketing, so that is what I went to school for, and now I'm managing a farm, because I just kept saying yes to opportunities that felt good. Yeah, listen to your gut. Yeah. It was kind of like... Well, I could get a job at an ad agency and have people tell me what I have to sell to people, or I could just find cool things that I believe in and put those skills towards that instead. So, yeah.
0: Which I think she's done really well with um, social media, and, and she's put Two Pony on the map with yeah. her skills.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's why we're here, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean mm -hmm. the
3: product is pretty easy to work with. Yeah, Um, so cool. Yeah, you just compliment each other very.
2: It's 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 fun to see teamwork like this, and especially between two women, you know, it's just it's very inspiring.
1: Yeah, and you're not you're not like you don't own a boutique together.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cuz that's usually yeah, when we think about women
3: co-business owners, it's a boutique, but this yeah. is a farm. I you love are, that. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> and it working was never like a, we sat down and we're like, "Do you want to run a farm together?" It's just like, "Okay, she needs help with the website." I can do that. She needs help telling people where to park. I'll show up and do that. And she wants, she's down to start a farm camp and let like 20 kids run around here for a week. Cool. <laughs> there are way worse gigs I could be doing right now. <laughs> and I feel it's, very lucky to be here.
0: The sustainable piece, I'm lucky that you're here.
3: <laughs> let me tell you.
0: But the sustainable piece is, is challenging too. I mean, that's a big challenge. Is making two pony pay for itself.
3: Yeah, the business sustainability part, and
0: it 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 really has to. And um, so that's kind of what we're working on right now. Is um, with you know we're we're a a a skinny team, you know, (laughs) it's just us, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and it's a lot of work. And so,, um, kind of trying to figure out how to make everything uh, be careful about our economics is is really challenging too.
3: The business of farming is something that is almost impossible with the way that our food systems are set mm-hmm. up, and the way that like it all works just is not in the favor of farmers and I think we do a lot of things differently. Obviously, we're not conventionally farming corn and soybeans here, but even at a small scale with our heirloom tomatoes and our boutique type farming, it's super hard. And I think it is part of our purpose is educating consumers and trying to get people more in touch with the food system so that farmers don't have to work so hard to make money and to do what they love doing, which is feed people. Yeah, right. I really
0: feel like maybe one of our missions is helping contribute to changing the paradigm of of growing food. And I've always believed that small is beautiful, you know, quote, unquote, E.F. Schumacher. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, uh, a a few years back, I I had a situation where my tax status, I had an ag preserve, um, agricultural preserve tax status, and it got challenged by... I, one of the wealthy landowners around here uh-huh. who makes hay. And uh, I had to fight to kind of help educate the tax assessors and city council that corn and soybeans is not the only way to farm. Yeah. And that small diversified farms are really important. And, we, and at that time we were working on a, perma, um, a permaculture Um, plan for our farm, which involved, I have a lot of maple trees, and so it involved um, a lot of forestry and kind of learning where we can make profit without a huge impact of tractors and diesel fuel and, and, you know, pesticides and herbicides. So that has been a really... um, You know, that has been a mission Mm. for us, too. Yeah. Wow.
1: In this area, is there anyone doing what you're doing here?
0: I think, yes. Yes. Starting to be more. You know, a little, um, like, food to fork or, yeah. I think there are, you know, in mm-hmm. in in the like Delano and Water. Yeah, they're getting to be a lot more small farms. Maybe not. I think Two Pony is pretty unique. Um, being being so close to Minneapolis, and I I, I think we've just kind of grown how we want to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I think every farm is a little different too. Every little small farm. But they're getting to be more and more. Thank goodness, Um, yeah, yeah. And you can tell that by the farmers' markets. You know, Mm. go to all the little towns and the farmers' markets. They're getting to be more and more farmers' markets, and which is really great. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. there can't be enough of us small guys. Agreed. Yeah, or girls.
2: That's right. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) Well, I think we are going to we could talk to you guys all evening, but we're going to take a really quick break. And then when we come back, a little bit more conversation and the top tip. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions,
1: a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is
2: 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at do this for com. Welcome back. So, Catherine and Lisa, we have established that you like to garden, farm, chip ice out of a lake (laughs) and take it up a hill with horses, all kinds of amazing things for fun. So, if our listeners wanted to walk in your shoes, follow your path, what would be your top tips for them? (sighs) To get outside.
0: My top tip is... Well, personally, I, I always feel better once I get outside and, um, and one thing always leads to another. Once I'm outside, I, I just, I, if I have a really directionless day and, you know, I tear myself away from the kitchen sink in the morning and I've cleaned up and once I get outside it's like oh yeah I got to do this and this and this and I always feel so much better and if I'm feeling really low I'll take a walk in the woods and it's it's magic yeah and it's it's physiological it's biological it's it's you know it's it's really big <laughs> to be outside mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Mine would be don't overthink it because you're always going to come up with a million reasons why you shouldn't take a walk or why you shouldn't take a job at a farm or (laughs) why you should keep doing the thing that you're doing instead of the thing that you're thinking about maybe doing. So just stop thinking and do it and go outside. I love that. Follow your gut. Don't think less.
2: Think less. (laughs) Do. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Take action. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Well, thank you both so much. Um, For everyone listening, we hope you've enjoyed the conversation. As much as we have. I know you have. Um, As always, we invite your questions and comments. um, And we can pass those on to our guests as well. So please feel free to email us at we do this for fun at gmail.com. We do this for fun podcast at gmail.com. We've been saying the wrong. We've
2: been saying the wrong email address. Here we go. Yep. We do this for fun (laughs) podcast. At gmail.com. At gmail.com episode yeah we'll get this down
1: but our social media has stayed the same the entire time so just look for us there um so uh there's a ton of benefits to growing your food or buying from a farmer's market everyone or coming up here to the farm stand at two pony gardens um one more nutritious Please, everyone, all, those, all the food, the conventional stuff you buy at the grocery store that is not organic is filled with pesticides um, and other things. Consider where it's coming from. Do you want more minerals? Do you want health? Do you want more antioxidants? Try um, buying from fresh from a farm. Um, staying active, gardening, you move your body. If you go to the farmer's market, you walk around. Both of those are going to be in the sun, which means you'll get a little bit more vitamin D. You will save money, and you will be doing great things for the environment. Um, A quote from Mirabel Osler, which I believe rings true for these two ladies. There can be no other occupation like gardening in which if you were to creep up behind someone at their work, you would find them smiling. So, as always, um, we hope that you have enjoyed the episode and don't forget to have fun out there.
2: As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at do this for fun podcast at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We don't judge. Been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening.